a favour the podcast about learning from experience and the things we do to make our lives easier. My name's Tim Sisney from Make Work Work Better and each episode I'll be talking to my guests about their epiphanies, their inspirations and the magic of their workflow. And I'm very excited to have Mika Gad join me this time. Hello Mika. Hello Tim, how are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself to all of our lovely listeners? Oh gosh, how do I introduce myself? <laughs> so, um, I am Mika Gad. I am a 27-year-old, I suppose, entrepreneur is the best way I can describe myself. I have several different um, businesses and projects on the go, but mainly focus on marketing, social media and all stuff like that. Fantastic. And so Do Yourself a Favour is all about things that we've learnt over our life and through our work and things that our workflow things that make our lives easier okay mm-hmm. and we're here because mainly I just invite people who I like talking to and but we had a we had a great conversation last time and so I'm really interested to hear your take on the first question with this which is what's something that you wish you'd learnt sooner if it makes you happy you don't have to explain that to anybody I wish I knew that when I was 16 like 15 14 it's if it makes you happy and it doesn't cause anyone else any pain or real anguish or upset you don't have to explain it to anyone if you want to take a Wednesday off work because you feel like you need to take a Wednesday off because you need the day don't explain it to anyone. If you need to do it, if it makes you happy, you do it. If you like river dance, you crack on and do it. If you want to wear bright purple tights every day because they make you smile, bright purple tights. We spend so much of our lives molding our personalities and our preferences to please those around us for no benefit at all. It may, it doesn't make your life easier. It just makes your own life harder. And in reality, most people aren't watching. Most people don't really take it in. Most people are worried about how other people are perceiving them. They're not really perceiving others. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I wish I'd learned from a really young age. If it makes you happy, you don't have to explain that to anybody. That's something I wish I knew. So I'm going, to, I'm going to try and get this in the right order and think because I've got several thoughts. To start with, I'm, I'm going to point you to, to one of the, the, the little guys on the shelf behind me. I've got, a, uh, I've got a little Don Draper. Nice. And he's literally there because there's a scene in Mad Men where Don's in the lift with Ginsburg, one of the more junior guys. And Ginsburg's angry because Don's been a dick about something. And he says, I feel bad for you. And then Don just turns and says... I don't think about you at all. Yeah. Uh, and then leaves the lift. And and so that's why I've got little Don Draper, because you're right. One of the things that I'm certainly guilty of is building up that like other people's expectations or thoughts or reasons for doing reasons why I might have done something. And getting myself in a bit of a tiz about that. And frankly, you know, I'm not that important. And, and do you know where the weirdest way how I learned this and it sounds really silly but I about five years ago got really into going to the gym 
and when I first started going you'd be so nervous am I doing this right is that person looking at me thinking is, is she doing that right is she doing that is she doing that and I then started seeing a personal trainer and she said to me you'd save half the time in the gym if you stopped worrying about what everyone else was thinking about you and ultimately two things one no one's actually looking at you they're looking at themselves in the mirror they're only caring about how they're being perceived mm-hmm. and two you're ruining actually what you're doing by worrying about what other people are Mm-hmm. it to be so for example if you're picking out an outfit for a day or making a business decision or doing a back squat in a gym and you're worrying so much about what other people are going to think about it because you're not being true to yourself you're then going to spend the rest of the time that you're doing that activity or making that decision uncomfortable within the decisions you're making because they're not something that sits right with you and you have to you have to be, if you're comfortable in a situation, you're naturally relaxed. You'll shine so much brighter than you would if you were slightly more uncomfortable. And it always, as, as women especially, that comes back, picking an outfit on a night out. The big question is, what do you feel most comfortable in? Because if you feel comfortable in it, you'll love your night out. And it's the same, I think, when it comes to business decisions, when it comes to choosing a certain path that you're going to take, it's which one will make you feel most comfortable because then you will enjoy that process so much more. And if it makes you comfortable, it makes you happy. And half the time we actually can't explain why that is. Why do you prefer tea over coffee? I just do, it just tastes better to me. Why did you make that business decision? Because I did, because it felt right to me in that moment. That's what I felt like I had to do at that minute in time. And then also once those decisions are made, it's about making the most of the situation that you've put yourself in or someone else has put you in if that's the hand you've been dealt make the most of it because again if you sit there if you sit there on your night out wish you'd put on a different top all night you're not going to be in the moment and making the most of what you've got and the same within any decision in life or business or anything like that if that's what you've made stick to it if you felt like down the line it was the wrong decision learn from it don't dwell on it just digest it and move on and I think that again is something I wish I knew much earlier in life is just right everyone fucks up and everyone can be a dickhead but if that happens if you look back and go yeah I did that that was me most people go yeah fair dues and then you Mm -hmm. move on it rather than sitting and dwelling on it and letting it eat you alive and wishing you did something else and wishing you could change it no I'd made that decision when I made it because I thought it was the right decision to make. If it works out, brilliant. If it doesn't, you then deal with that scenario with a new, fresh mind that's learned something new. What do you think would have been different for you if you'd known that sooner? I think I would have started my own businesses a lot sooner. I ventured out and started working for myself at the age of 26. And some people see that as really young. Some people see that as a waste of the first half of my 20s because I could have done so much more and again there's no point in me sitting here and going oh if I did when if I did it when I was 21 if I did it when I was here because it'd be a completely different scenario and also I can't do it when I was 21 because I'm not 21 anymore <laughs> but if I'd have known the things that I'd have known I think it would have diminished the some of the fear of failure which is I think one of the main reasons why people don't really do what they want to do it's that fear that they'll mess up the fear that they won't succeed the fear that it will all go wrong the fear of what other people will think if it does happen to go wrong. I was going to um, ask actually, how much do you think the fear of failure is around the fear of what people will think if it fails? 
it's a hard one because I think sometimes I think sometimes that's quite a healthy emotion to have because it's not a fear of what other people will think but it's a fear of letting people down so I think it can come from a really lovely place it can come from a place of for example with myself one thing when it came to starting my business is I really wanted to make my dad proud I want to make my dad proud and if I don't put in all the hard work and I didn't make it work I'd be really worried that he no longer was proud of that decision but I think that I think it's a 50 50 I think part of it is for what other people will think and the other part is also just quite logistical in that if this fails I can't pay my rent this month Mm -hmm. or if this fails I can't feed my kids or if this fails I'm going to have to sell my car so I think part of it is what people think but I do I will give people dues and I do think (laughs) some of it is just well I need this to work because if I fail I need money and unfortunately Mm -hmm. you need money to to survive in this world so yeah I think it's 50 50 on that point okay I wonder a little bit about how much of the how much of people not starting is quite entrenched in the perception of what I, I think there's a lot of the a lot of the not getting going like you said you'd have, you'd have started sooner if you'd not if you you've known this and, and, and I do think that a lot of that kind of inertia comes from what will people think how am I going to describe it if it doesn't work am I going to look silly definitely definitely and that's people's I think that's one of people's biggest fears is looking like a wally in public (laughs) and that's a completely normal fear to have people shouldn't be ashamed of having that fear but I also personally I find it 10 times more inspirational if I watch someone try and fail and learn and try again and fail and learn and try again then watch someone go do you know what (sighs) trying just seems a little bit too difficult so I'm just going to sit here where I know it's really comfortable Mm -hmm. that to me isn't a a lesson to teach anyone or a role model to be to someone and I want to be someone who is able to be a role model to others. And I love being able to say to people like, oh, I tried that and it didn't work and I learned this. So if you're doing it, do you want to learn? This is what I learned from it. Because I love hearing from others, especially the people who started their own businesses or done their own things. I like to pick their brains as much as possible. Mm -hmm. When it came to choosing an accountant, what trial and error did you do? When it came to doing this, how did you find out? How did you go about that path? Because one thing that I think is certain is you never, ever stop learning and you have to be open to that education because I think a lot of a lot of people out there are so nervous about the path of education once formal education stops for you again small things like we were saying earlier you might look like a wally people are scared to ask the questions because they're worried that the answer they don't know is an answer that everybody else knows so by asking the question you look like a silly person but in reality people love to teach and people love to nourish and people love to share experiences because that's what you have these experiences to do is to be able to share them and what a great gift to be able to say to someone oh I I did this and I learned this from it so then you watch that person start that journey 10 steps ahead of where you did yeah I think also that the the being afraid of asking the silly question is the danger then, of course, is that you start to build based on assumptions. Yeah. You start, and you're always assuming that everyone else has got more information than you have. And that, and, and actually, 
it'd be it's it's so easy and once you get over that initial awkwardness it's so easy to ask the uh, to ask the silly question actually to be honest once you get comfortable asking the silly question it's it makes life life a lot easier yeah and it almost turns into a snowball effect then (laughs) (laughs) then you're like what about this what about this and you end up asking more and more um and end up probably having a much more fulfilling conversation or a much more fulfilling experience talking to that person because also what you'll probably find is the person you want to ask what you think is the silly question to in inverted commas they probably have 10 questions to you that they think are silly questions so I think people always assume that when they're in an environment they're the newbie they're the Mm -hmm. beginner they're the person that knows nothing imposter syndrome is a massive thing everybody feels that way it's that whole analogy of imagine everyone's in their underwear everyone's Mm. in the same scenario everyone's just as embarrassed as each other it's just different levels of being able to hide it just it's I think when it comes to things that again that you wish you knew you wish you knew sooner I think a lot of that just comes down to self-acceptance this is who I am this is the way that I am. This is the way that I'm wired. I shouldn't really have to apologize to that about that to anyone. So if I have a question, I want to ask that question. If I have a query, I want to raise that query. If I am worried about something, I should be able to talk about it. If I think I can see something that other people can't see, I should be able to point that out. And if I'm wrong in that scenario, I apologize. But this is just the way that my brain works, the way that I'm wired. And the fact that all of our brains are wired in different ways is what makes conversation so interesting and makes debate and makes learning and creates all of these fantastic things. Absolutely. So we're going to move a little bit, in, in, lean into that a little bit, actually, and think about, I'd like to know what was something that, that you learnt, whether it be a book you read or some, a concept you learnt that, that kind of was, a, was sort of fundamental for you, that changed the way that you, you approach things or changed the way, changed the direction of your life. What was, what was a turning point for you? So this is, it's a, it's a strange one for me, but for me, growing up, my mother walked out on the family when I was three years, literally one day woke up and she wasn't there anymore. And I spent so much of my childhood trying to figure out what I had done wrong to make my mum leave. What was wrong with me? What had I done? What had caused this to happen? What, what could I possibly do to bring her back and make her love me? And this went on from the age of three till about the age of 27. It's still something that goes <laughs> on my mind now. It's still something that makes me wonder but when I was in my early 20s I actually had a conversation with her and one thing that was the huge turning point for me was I suddenly realized that it had nothing to do with me at all this decision was purely a decision that she made and it had absolutely nothing to do with me there was nothing wrong with me there was nothing that I had done wrong and there are people in this life that think that I'm fantastic just the way that I am and love me for just who I am and it was at that point that I realized you can't be liked by everybody and that's such a simple thing but the way that it got explained to me 
was my favorite fruit in the whole wide world is peaches I love peaches peach flavored anything and my dad one day said to me he was like you love peaches don't you I was like yeah I do I think they're wicked love them best fruit in the world and he was like okay what if Janet down the road doesn't like peaches does that mean there's anything wrong with peaches I was like no and he was like and does that make peaches any less delicious to you I was like no and he was like that's exactly the same as people just because one person doesn't like you or doesn't agree with what you're doing it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong it just means that they don't like it and that's absolutely fine and I think that for me was this massive eye-opening moment of yes always try and be kind and always try and do the nice thing and always try and keep those around you happy don't purposefully go around upsetting people and just say that's the way I am tough but in the same breath don't waste so much time trying to ensure that everybody likes you because it's an impossible task just be a person that sits really comfortable with yourself and you're proud to be and nourish the relationships of the people that think that person is also fantastic and the people that don't accept it and move on which is something that I still struggle with today and I think I would be lying if I was like and then after that my life was great (laughs) because that's a very difficult thing to obtain and remember but that for me was a huge huge turning point in that realization of not everybody likes peaches but that doesn't make peaches any less delicious that was massive in my world there's there's something in that as well I think about the and it it ties the the two things that we've talked about so far are quite close together but one of the pieces of advice that I got quite early on or just one of the things that stuck with me kind of like you get these kind of internalized pieces of wisdom that you get and one of the things that I I took from that is that life's a lot easier if you just assume everybody else is doing their best. And when I learned that, it, it made me realize to, in, a, in a similar way, I think that you expend a lot of energy. If you're people, people expend a lot of energy surmising about why people have done things they don't agree with or, or complaining that that person over there is not doing that or and that thing over there that doesn't directly impact me but I somehow disagree with it and and it's exhausting apart from the vibes you're putting out there to you it's tiring massively massively and and even small things that you think about how people and sometimes I go a little bit the other way like I sat with my friends the other night and we watched a film the ending was terrible (laughs) and they but we were all like I can't believe that I can't believe they ended that way I can't and then after about 10 minutes I was like they have so (laughs) Can we stop talking about it now? Because it's not going to change it. That is what it is. Like, and again, it goes back to like I was saying before, just play the hand you're dealt. Like it, it, it does expel so much energy, worrying so much about it. But if you can go to bed 99.9% of the time and think I did my best today and I was a good person, if people still don't like it, don't dwell on it because there's nothing more, nothing more that you can do. But I also have to say one bit of advice that has really stuck with me, and this is a little bit more on the business side, but I remember once I worked for a very small business when I was in my uni days. And one day I went into work and I was a little bit tired and a little bit hungover. And I was like dragging my heels a little bit and wasn't really putting in the effort that I should have been. And my boss pulled me aside and I would have been about 18. 
And he said to me, Mika, this business is a baby. If you don't nourish it and care for it and feed it and look after it 24-7, it will die. And it was so bluntly put and obviously there are some disagreements I have in that and that you can't work 24 7 but it was that thought of this is this is something that I have built and I've poured my whole body and soul into and for you to to come in and just be a bit disregarding of it that's I can't have that because I can't have this die and then when I started my own business on those days when I think, oh, I really can't be bothered today. I would have to, I'd think to myself, no, come on, just do something, just something small, whether it's making a few phone calls or whether it's editing my LinkedIn page or whether it's just cleaning out my inbox. Nothing that requires communicating with another person, nothing that requires anything. I don't even have to get dressed to do it. (laughs) Just do something because if you don't put your all into it you're going to have some sort of regrets down the line mm-hmm. even if it's a success you'll think oh I was a bit lazy in that period of it or I don't think I did my best there and sometimes like I say your best is sitting in bed in your pajamas cleaning out your inbox and that's fine but you can't just the, I suppose you can't just expect something to work and flourish if you don't nourish it and care for it and look after it and learning that at 18 I think was the best lesson because it suddenly made me really buck my ideas up in uni. If I want to get first, I need to put in the hard work. If I want to get the job that I've, my dreams at the end of this, I've got to put in the hard work. I've got to go the extra mile, cold call people, communicate, put, put those thoughts out there, manifest it. You can't just sit on your laurels and expect life to be extraordinary if you're not putting the effort in and that for me was a solid solid piece of advice so thinking about your work and how you you do your work it we move into the workflow sort of section of of the podcast and I'm, I'm interested to know what does so you're not you're not allowed your phone or your laptop because they're too easy but you can have things that live on your phone or your laptop mm-hmm. but what is what would you say is the thing you can't live without the thing that's absolutely key to your 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 work genuinely and this is going to sound like the oddest answer I'm sure (laughs) but it would be my dog okay (laughs) purely because if I didn't have my dog I know what I'm like I'm quite an addictive personality quite Mm -hmm. an obsessive personality I'd end up working all the time whereas my dog is this little adorable being that forces me first thing in the morning to go on a walk forces me at lunchtime to go out on another like 20 minute walk and from about half four every day starts getting he's like a gremlin he starts twitching and he wants to go out once more and it's this purpose to have this break within my day and I again like I said that's just me personally because I know what I'm like I would end up putting too much in my diary whereas by having a dog it forces me to have some form of work-life balance and therefore creating a work-life balance becomes so much easier and for me that's the key to enjoying your job Mm -hmm. because I didn't go self-employed to not enjoy enjoy it 
it's about finding balance. So often mm. there's the stuff in, in is, is about how do you find that balance and how do you have something that makes you think beyond the thing that you're actually looking at now. Yeah. And yeah, hundred percent. The difference with the dog and a child. And I say, <laughs> this, like, is I could say to a child, look, I'm really busy right now. So we're not going to go for a walk. We're not going to go outside, but we'll go outside tomorrow for a lot longer. I promise. I can't do that to Dexter. He's a dog. He doesn't mm. understand me when I talk to him. He just knows well, we normally go for a walk every day around this time. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't sit him down and reason with him and give him excuses and tell him that I'm really busy and show him the amount of emails in my inbox and show him where I am in a project and that I need one extra hour. He will be relentless and he needs to go for a walk. And who am I to take that away from him? It's a basic need that he has. So for me, he is one of the keys to, to, to me enjoying my job. I wouldn't say being successful at it, but me enjoying it. The success side comes from loads of other factors. Like I was talking about before, hard work and business decisions and being confident in what you're doing and being skilled and learning and education. But enjoying it comes from having a successful work-life balance. And the thing that makes sure that I have some form of it every single day is my border terrier. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I like it. The the follow-on question from that is is going to be interesting. So what was the last what's the last thing you bought or acquired that you're really excited about? What was your what's your last sort of shiny thing where you kind of it makes you smile? In regards to work or in just regards in, in regards to work or just in general, just to give you an idea in in the what in from from previous examples, somebody talked about their their CRM system, somebody talked about a throwing axe we've we've had from one end of the other one end of this continuum to the other yeah it's a toss up between two one's very very work based and one is not at all <laughs> okay, but one of them is my MacBook pro hmm. this might seem completely well one because it's fantastic for work purposes it makes my life really easy it's got great battery life not sponsored just um <laughs> it's a fantastic piece of kit that makes work brilliant but two i bought my macbook pro on my debit card on a random day because my old laptop was annoying me it was just too old it was breaking down it was taking a long time to do stuff and i went and bought it on my debit card, my work debit card, but just went and bought it. And never have I ever before been in a situation where I could do something like that. And it was this real moment for me when I got back in my car of like, wow, I'm actually doing something that's working. It's making Mm -hmm. me happy. I'm enjoying my job and I can afford the stuff that I need without having to do 25,000 business transactions to clear up space on a credit card that I've had locked in a drawer for five years because it's been maxed. Did you know, like it just, it was a real moment for me to sit in the car and be like, wow, I'm actually doing all right. It's all going good. I am with you on the MacBook Pro thing because frankly, the battery life on these things is incredible. Oh, good. Go out in the morning and it's will last all day. It's amazing. It's, I don't, I don't think I, I, switch to a 
like a think pad or something for this work I'm doing for National Express. And the idea that I would have to charge it after three hours of using the battery was just like, what? <laughs> my human rights would be violated or something. It was awful. <laughs> I literally I charge this thing probably once every two days hmm. like it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant um, so anyway take it for taking the second thing that's right so on the complete flip side to that the second thing that I just bought that is one of my favorite things ever is I play the guitar and recently um my friend asked me to play at her wedding which is a huge huge honor I felt very honored but she told me that I'd have to stand up and play and I've never stood up and played before in my life. So I bought myself a leopard print guitar strap and I absolutely love it. Cause when I wear it, I feel like I'm playing to the O2. I feel like Stevie Nicks. I feel Excellent. so bloody cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the details, isn't it? It's and it was, like, it was like six pounds off Amazon, but I absolutely love it. I love it so much. I'm now looking at- There is something about those things where you can, and, and sometimes there were, Sometimes they're like expensive things and sometimes they're not expensive things, but just every now and again, it's just nice when you've got like a thing where you just look at it or you maybe give it a little stroke. It just brings you joy. Yeah. I'm such a nostalgic person and so not a materialistic person. I'd say 90% of my belongings are like that. I just, yeah, I, I like to buy things for an occasion. Mm-hmm. So even if I wanted like, an, I don't know, a new pair of sunglasses, for example, and I wanted an expensive pair, I'd wait until there was an occasion to buy them, even if it's something small. But so when someone says, oh, I like your sunglasses or they're cool, I'd be like, oh, thanks. I got these on the day my friend told me she was pregnant or I got these on my one year anniversary of my business or I got like I like there to be mm-hmm. okay. some form of nostalgic reason behind things. Like a significance. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah definitely. Excellent. And so you've got a guitar strap for your friend's wedding. Exactly. Nice. I like it. So we're onto the home straight now, Mika. And this is where I ask you to, to complete a sentence. And that sentence is do yourself a favor and. Oh, crikey. Do yourself a favor and ring someone who you love, but you haven't spoken to in at least, I think nowadays we all get so caught up in day-to-day life that we forget to communicate with grandparents aunties uncles cousins school friends and I also think that especially now post-pandemic or mid-pandemic or wherever we happen to be in all of this social anxiety has become massive and people have become quite fearful of talking on the phone because there's nothing particularly exciting going on there's mm-hmm. got they've not got much to talk about and they get so worried about phoning someone and not having much to say or not having a a specific topic in mind. But I think by talking to people, you can end up having the most fantastic conversations and pull things out that you never knew were there and just make, you might make someone's week. You might make someone's year, like just, yeah. And you'll also probably make yourself feel a thousand times better. So my would be do yourself a favor and ring someone that you love that you've not spoken to in at least a month. Fantastic. I think the phone as well for me is, has undergone a bit of a renaissance post pandemic just because I don't know if you realize this about phone, but you don't have to sit in front of a screen about it. You can be 
anywhere. You could be on a walk and have a conversation with someone. Yeah. And like the amount of people that I'll say to them if they're like, can we have a meeting tomorrow? I'll be like, my day's booked up, but I'll be walking the dog at one. Why don't we talk on the phone? They're almost like, oh, but, but I'm like, we did it. We never spoke by video before. <laughs> we can talk on the phone. It will be fine. It will be absolutely fine. And I think... I think, to be honest, I do think, though, like online working has made people forget that the phone is something that you used to call your mum mm-hmm. and you used to call your friends and you used to call your auntie that lives in Australia. It doesn't have to be a work call. And we all rinse the Zoom quizzes and the Zoom <laughs> this and the other. But the reason I said this is because I met up with my uncle last weekend to do gift exchange for Christmas. And I realised I hadn't seen him all year. he's had some health issues so he's been quite covid savvy even though Mm -hmm. the restrictions lifted and i said to him when covid started you and i spoke on the phone every single week because it was like the new toy like Mm -hmm. now have a zoom conversation we spoke on zoom every single week but in the past six months we've not spoken on the phone once and i was Mm -hmm. like why why haven't we where did that and it's because the novelty wore off and i think people especially people that live on their own I've lived on my own a lot in my adult life and when you do live on your own or you're on your own it's very easy to get used to being on your own and not talking and not sharing and if you spend your whole day on zoom during the day you close your laptop in the evening you think I don't want to have another bloody phone call like I'm I'm done with it um but just pick up the phone and call someone Mm. just call them and my other bit of advice would be if they don't answer text them to say was just calling for a catch-up if you're free this evening give us a bell because I also guarantee there are plenty of people out there that look at their phone and think oh I don't want to answer because there's just that little mm-hmm. bit of social anxiety that kicks in but if you realize that they're literally just phoning to have a chinwag you then might go oh no I will phone them back they're not phoning to tell me bad news they're not phoning <laughs> to tell me something horrific it's just for a general chit-chat the other thing I think that that's made me think of as well is that the pandemic has removed quite a lot of spontaneity from our interactions with people. For for the most part, for the last two years, since kind of March last year, the number of conversations we've had with people that weren't pre-arranged is very, very small. And I remember I got a, I had a phone call from a former colleague of mine and and we've stayed in touch since since I left there and she's moved on as well and she, she just called me and it was one of the things where I'd be meaning to get in touch with her to find out how she was doing in her new job and everything like that and then I just got this call and I'm like oh that's novel and she's like, is, she like, is it is it okay that I called that race I was like it's wonderful it's it's such a nice surprise to hear a voice of someone that I haven't heard in a long time that I wasn't expecting and yeah I have I, I'm not in the middle of something, so I totally can have an unplanned conversation with you. And yeah. that used to happen a lot, and it doesn't happen quite so much anymore. But like small things, and also I think the non-pressurised meetup, mm-hmm. like the amount of times I used to go for like a coffee with someone, or we'd go for a run and then go for a coffee afterwards. Or like you say, I'd be in Tesco and I'd bump into someone and be like, oh, I just want to go down to the pub. And we'd end up doing all this spontaneous stuff. But that just doesn't happen anymore for so long things. And I think just because also you get out of the routine, Mm -hmm. things like I used to live opposite a really nice pub and almost every single Friday I'd pop in for a glass of wine. Sometimes I'd talk to the landlord, sometimes I'd bump into someone I know. 
but I'd always pop in. Then when the pandemic hit, that stopped happening. So I got into a routine of not doing it. And then when the pub reopened, I was almost nervous to go back. Mm-hmm. What would I talk to people? But as soon as you do it, the conversation just happens. Conversation happens. That's my new, that's my new <laughs> tagline. Conversation just happens. So phone someone up and ask those small talk questions. How's work? How's your day been? What have you been up to? How are the kids? How's the dog? How's the decorating going? And they would just lead on to other questions. And even if it doesn't lead on to this grand conversation that changes both of your worlds, I can guarantee that if you haven't spoken to your grandma in three months, there are a few nights a week that you go to bed and go, God, I really need to phone her. I wonder how she is. And that feeling for your own mind will then have gone because you know that she's fine because you've spoken to her and she's all good. Mm-hmm. And I think that leads into actually, I've been talking a lot about New Year's resolutions in my household. And I said, and I don't massively believe in them, but I always like to do something. And I said that my new one is going to be, don't put it down, put it away. But I'm going to apply that to hopefully so many areas of my life. So when I'm sat in my car and I think, should really phone my dad rather than thinking it and going I'll do that tomorrow I'm just going to phone him there and then when someone texts me and I see it and I go I'll text them back later no text them back there and then if you see it if you've got time to read it you've got time to reply and that I think would is going to open up so much more brain space in my head make me feel so much happier because I'm connecting to more people on a day-to-day basis and just keep that keep that normality going during this strange strange period of time there's um that ties directly into some best practice from getting things done which is one of my things but if you go so the two minute rule you know if you can do it right now in less than two minutes just do it yeah yeah don't put it on list it's going to take longer to put it on list and then look back at the list and remember to do it than it is to just do it and i think it's a big breakthrough for a lot of people the stuff on the stairs the stuff on the stairs, if you put it on the stairs, it lives on the stairs for three bloody weeks because mm. you never take it up with you because every time you're going up, your hands are full of something or you don't want to do it then. Just don't put it down, put it away. That Don't put it next to the dishwasher, put it in. Don't put the clothes next to the dryer, hang them up. Don't put the cup at the top of the stairs, take it down and take it to the kitchen. Don't put it down, put it away. And that's going to hopefully be hopefully be the thing that I put into my day-to-day practice. So that's two do yourself a favours for the price of one week again, everybody. There you go. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Um, Where can people find you should they want to? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Mika Gad, which is M-I-E-K-E. Or you can find me on my website at www.corporatebrandambassador.co.uk. Lovely. Um, Thank you very much for joining us and doing yourself a favour. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Do Yourself a Favour, the podcast about learning from experience and the things we do to make our lives easier. Brought to you by Make Work Work Better. My name's Tim Sisney from Make Work Work Better. Our theme tune is by The Titanics. Talk to you again soon.